Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? Welcome to Senior Living Connecticut, a show that explores solutions for Connecticut's families and adults striving for the best in senior living. I'm Bill Corbett, manager at Evergreen Crossings Independent Senior Living and author of the book, The 2.0 Entrepreneur. We're sitting down with industry area subject matter experts in this show to find out what they've learned along the way and get them to share it with us to help families in the Connecticut area. As a manager of an independent living community, I had uh, a gentleman who was uh, constantly coming into our office, wanted to use the, the photocopier. And I took a look at what he's photocopying, and it's become a millionaire in seven days. And he was photocopying these things, and he's writing checks. And I tried to talk to him. He wanted nothing to do with it. So I contacted his family and said, you got to realize what dad's doing. They tried to talk to him. He wanted nothing to do with it. And then we they had to come down to the real, he's losing his money. He's writing all these get-rich-quick checks to uh, scammers. Unfortunately, it's it's his money, and that can happen. Uh, in the studio with me today is uh, Officer Mark Clarendon. He's the public information officer uh, of South Windsor Police Department, uh, his uh, former background, criminal investigator. And uh, I've asked Mark to come on the show to talk about uh, senior fraud and some things that we can do to keep our grandparents and our parents safe and keep their money safe, of course. And that we and that's important because their money's got to last them through their retirement years. And if they're losing it to, to schmucks, you know, we want to do something about that. So it's really important. So I've asked, uh, uh, first of all, welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for taking time out from your valuable day because every little bit of information shared will help somebody somewhere. And even if we're, so you're going to talk about some cases that actually happened here. Mm-hmm. We can learn through that by, you know, as I do, my in, investigative and, and uh, in, inquiry mind says, okay, if that, if I was in one, what would I have done differently? Mm-hmm. What could we stop that? You know, it's, uh, you know, when you're in traffic and on highway and a police officer has somebody pulled over, we always want to look because we're convinced he's got like seven years. He's a totally different person, but he realized it's just like us. Yeah. How did that person get pulled over, you know, and how we stop that? But anyway, back to the fraud. What mm-hmm. kind of cases can you offer? Yeah, so so we'll talk a little bit about some of the more common ones sure. we're seeing locally. Yeah. Um, you know, and they, they definitely correspond to what we see on a national level. So we're, we're in, here in Connecticut, we're looking at non-payment, uh, non-delivery fraudulent products. That's one of the biggest losses. In 2020, there was almost $40 million reported losses in this area. And this is your simple online shopping, okay? Obviously, we now live in a world more so than ever uh, with the pandemic where we can go on our phones, our iPads, you know, and access websites to purchase products. Um, you know, a lot of those products, unfortunately, end up being fraudulent. A lot of the companies end up being fraudulent and their people are able to ship money out and they don't see a product in return and then there's no one to contact at the end of it. So, um, you know, there's a huge loss in this area just because that's very simple. It, it, it doesn't necessarily affect uh, over 60 people more than it does others. However, it's just very easy to get sucked into something, a product you like and you see, you send them money and then you don't ever get anything. Uh, and then the traceable side of it, right? We can, how, how often are we able actually able to find out who that person is and how they're defrauding the people. So, um, and, some- and, and that's an important point because I think a lot of seniors don't have the the internet savvy to look at the URL sure. to see yeah. if something's funny about it. Um, I know when I look at something and it's like, what? Well, that's too good to be true. I'll go searching for it somewhere else. Sure. And what what'll happen is. 
other stories and blogs will pop up saying, "Don't buy this, yeah. don't go." And I go, "Whoa, yeah." You know, and I don't think the seniors have that kind of uh, ability to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're you're absolutely right. I mean, we could talk for hours about online safety <laughs> and especially internet safety <clears throat> when it comes to purchasing products and what to look for. You know, w- with being on a secure website and what the difference is between secure and secure. I mean, yeah, we could go on forever about that. Some of the simple tips we want to remind people to do if they do yeah. are purchasing products online. Um, you know, use a credit card. Okay. If it is not good, very, in most circumstances, a transaction can be disputed and there's no real loss of money from the individual, the credit card. And would you also say use a credit card, not a debit card? Yes, very much so. That's exactly what I'm referring to. Thanks, Bill. Yeah. yeah credit cards are, are, are better. If you're yeah. purchasing your product online it, it, and there's a dispute after the fact, you don't get it. It's easier to dispute that charge than if it's on a debit card because that money has already left and has gone someplace. So the credit card company as an intermediary, intermediary can work to get their money back on their end and, and you're usually made whole without having to pay a bill. So we always recommend people shop online with credit cards. Make sure you're purchasing from a reputable source. You know, again, this, we talked in the first half about communication with, with, uh, children and grandchildren who are with their elderly grandparents. Make sure you know where they're looking and if they're looking for something, make sure they reach out to you and talk to you about getting stuff online from a, re- from a reputable source. It's extremely important, you know, to have that communication. So, do your homework on the individual in the company. If your if mom or dad, grandma and grandpa says, "Hey, I want to buy this product," you know, take it upon yourself to take a look online and, and like you you recommended, see if it's a scam, see if it's not, see if you can buy it somewhere where you know is reputable. Um, you know, you talk. I mean, see, Amazon has essentially taken over the world, but if you purchase something from Amazon, you are very likely going to get what you purchased. And if not, it's easily returnable, easily refundable, that stuff. So so a lot of times we want to make sure that people over 60 are communicating when they're purchasing their products online, are being safe by making sure the people around them know where they're shopping and know how to shop safely. Because they don't often have that, that uh, what, I don't know what you call it, the intuition to go, no. what? I don't believe, and then and some sometimes some deals turn out to be great. Yeah, um, but you got to do the research, and they don't know how to do that research. Very much so. So um, one of the other the other kind of things we see regularly is that, and you talked about this at the <clears throat> at, at the top of the second half here. Um, Lottery, sweepstake, inheritance, yeah, yeah. those types of scams, extremely common. And they come in all shapes and forms. They come through the mail. They come through the email. They come as pop-ups. You know, if people are online, they'll come from everywhere. And all it takes is one click to get someone on the phone asking for, for money. And a lot of times it comes in the form of, okay, you've won some, some lottery. You've won some sweepstakes. Most of the time it's something that you've never even heard of. And then they'll ask you, okay, well, in order for us to send you your winnings, you have to, pay taxes and fees to receive whatever money that you are receiving. So they're asking for a payment upfront before they can send you the money. And they usually phrase it as, well, this is a small fee, but you're going to get it back in the money right. you win. Right. So again, it's one of those too good to be true situations. Well, yeah, sure. I can send them $4,000 for this. You know, if I know I'm going to get 20, 30 grand that I won back, you know, and what ends up happening is once they realize that they've been able to receive money from you, they'll ask for more. Ah, uh, we hit some roadblocks with this transfer. Yeah. We need a few more monies to free up the money because it's coming from some other place. You know, it, it's a cross-border payment from another country. It's you know, so we need some more money to do it. But yes, if you send us this more to go, and they'll keep kind of going, going, going until, like I said, that alert goes off, and they're like, "This might not seem right." By that point, 
we're a month <laughs> or two into this whole thing. It's too late to start tracking back some money. And, and when you so. and I met uh, a couple weeks ago, when I talked to you about the situation where a senior in my community, yes. she got the phone call that said, you win a million dollars, but in order to get the million dollars, we need, we need this uh, check written out for this amount so we can get it. Right. And of course, the first thing, when I talked to her later, first thing that came to mind was a million dollars, I'm going to get to finally help my kids mm-hmm. and get and have them each buy their own houses and everything. And so that was the top of her head. It wasn't her spidey sense, as they say. It was like, oh my gosh, I can help my kids now. And she moved forward until that spidey sense kicked in when she was actually uh, ready to bring the check down to the courier and said, oh, something doesn't feel right. And she listened to it, fortunately, and did not lose her money. Yeah, right. And, and I remember when you told me that story, that's, that's, a, that's a great story because that's a win. Right, you yeah. know that that money did not go anywhere, you know, right. and she re- and again, thankfully, she had enough time to work through it, you know. But but again, it's the emotion they plan. It's it's what could yep. I do? Look what I could do with this money. Yeah. Look what I could provide. Right, as opposed it's to a good, it's a good positive feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And I asked her, and I said, I said, why did you not call your son? You have. Three sons, an attorney, a banker. They're so busy. Yeah. That's what she says, you know, because they don't want to bother them. Yeah. Right. And, and the irony in that is that if you were to tell her sons what almost happened, they would be like, I'm going to pick up the phone anytime for you. And yeah. that's most kids in those circumstances. Right. Like, yeah. But it's an expectation why I don't want to bother them. Right. You know, and we hope we, we can break through that. If there's something that sounds funny that they should be able to make a phone call, it doesn't have to be to us, but it can be to someone they trust. And they say, and you can go, yeah, that doesn't seem, seem right. So well, I like to use the phrase with the seniors in my community. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And most they the say that a lot, you know, and so I try to tell them that often. Yeah. But. Yep. Um, yeah, so next one we're talking about romance scams, which we hit a little bit yeah. before, but that, that's a big one, almost $300 million in losses based off these, they call them confidence fraud or romance scams. And, and really they, they talk about, um, you know, really focusing on that emotional aspect of developing a relationship with the individual through, usually it's through online channels, online websites or email somehow. People get connected and they really try to play in the emotions of the individual. And these are what we would consider long cons. These are, these are ones that are, 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 take place over the course of a significant amount of time. This is not your, you know, quick pickup and, Hey, what's going on? Send me some money and that's it. They're working for, some of them are working for months and months and months. Developing the developing relationship, and relationship and the trust. And trust. Once they get that trust, yeah. then they ask for money and, and they start they sending it. And to it's them. small amounts and then it becomes bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. And then there's promises of, well, we'll meet soon and all this stuff, you know, and they really try to work on getting that person really connected to them before they start asking for big dollar amounts. And they'll keep pressing the issue until, until it kind of gets a little fishy. But, um, you know, another side of that is we call kind of grandparent scams. And we talked about this when I, when I came by Evergreen Crossing. Um, you know, we get a lot of these, uh, at the police station, people calling us and saying, Hey, did someone call about my grandchild being arrested? Something along those lines. And these are when someone would contact oh. you and say, Hey, so your, your grandchild is in jail or, or they are in legal trouble. And in order for them to get out, we need you to send us money so oh, we can wow. release them. And we see a lot of that. Um, you know, and again, emotions, they're playing on the heartstrings. My grand, my grandkid is in jail. 
you know, yeah. oh, I'll do whatever it takes. I mean, sometimes they won't even mention a name and, and they'll wait for the person on the other side of the phone to kind of slip with that information and they'll give up a name. Like, which grandkid is it? So and so? Yes. So and so. And they'll play off that and they'll say, well, you need to go get, get us, send us money now so we can pay for his bond, her oh bond. And we see a lot of those, you know, um, but a lot of the focus of these confidence fraud romance scams are the emotions. They want to draw the people in before they can start asking for money. So, which again, what is what makes them dangerous? I want to, and I don't know if it was on your list, but I want to ask quickly. We only got about two minutes to go. Mm-hmm. But um, what about the phone calls that we get from police and fire unions collecting money? Are they all legit, or do we have to be careful? Yes. What do be you careful. know? Be careful. So there are some uh, th- sure scams out I, there. I, th- there are some out there that will look for that will look for for phone assistance. This is how they kind of build their, their money to assist. Um, I can tell you in Connecticut, you will not get a call from a police union local asking for money or donations. I got um, one the other day. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I can't, I can say with almost 99.9% certainty that. And it was a, it was a, a block number. Okay. So yeah. it wouldn't show up. Yeah. So right. that was yeah. a dead giveaway. Sure. Yep. Yeah. We're, we do not ask for money over the phone. We do not ask for donations, period. And most places don't. Um, you know, and, and again, just to point on the last one, this is kind of important. Um, we want to make sure people know that police departments, federal government, IRS, social security, all these places, they will not call you and ask for money and ask for money. Right. No, there is no federal yep. agency, no governmental agency who will pick up the phone and say, we need money for bond, whatever it may be. So we want to make sure people keep that in mind when they're, when they get these types of phone calls. Well, good. Um, well, we've been uh, talking with uh, officer Mark Clarendon, uh, public information officer of South Windsor police. Thank you so much for coming out, Mark. I really appreciate you taking the time. You're welcome, Bill. And uh, give, give us some valuable information here. You've been listening to Senior Living Connecticut. And I'm Bill Corbett from Evergreen Crossings Retirement. And I hope you join me every Saturday morning at 830 and listen to our podcast online at seniorliving-ct.com. You've been listening to the Talk of Connecticut. When I'm 16 16-